Hi, it's Dom, the host of Flop Culture. This week for episode 4, I'm going to be interviewing Diana Molina, who is the leader of the Juntos Art Association, which is an art group of Hispanic artists around America and the world, who are going to be doing a virtual art installation later this month and are going to be doing one every single month until this September. To learn more about it and to look at the art from all these wonderful Hispanic artists and learn more, go to juntosart.org. So, welcome Diana. I had that interview with New Mexico Magazine earlier. Oh They're yeah, gonna- how'd that go? Pretty good, pretty good. They're going to put it on low down, whatever that section is. And, uh, you know, a page and a half is a page and a half. Mm-hmm. So I guess to start the podcast, usually what I have people do is just introduce yourself and just tell listeners what you do, who you are, what do you do, how are you doing? Yeah, so today we have Diana Molina. She is an artist. Well, I'm a photographer and I'm an, a collage artist. And I'm also the creative director for the Juntos Art Association. Mm-hmm. And I curate exhibits. So, oh, and recently, so my other hat is uh, as of this last year, I'm the author of a book. Mm-hmm. Icons and symbols of the borderland are from the U.S.-Mexico crossroads, and it is directly linked to a traveling exhibit that has gone to five venues, five museums in Texas, and will be traveling to the Carlsbad Museum and Art Center this May to September. So... I've been wearing many hats and uh, had a lot of reinvention in COVID times. <laughs> so. Oh, really? That's that's interesting. Um, I think everybody has as artists, you know, like we've all kind of had our, a lot of people have had like a rebirth as an artist or as a creator in like COVID times. I definitely have. So like for you specifically, how has this past year not just with COVID but with like politics and social unrest and everything how has it affected your process as a creator well I'll tell you that the um the book that came out uh it was it was uh launched in in July of last year Mm so I had a an intense schedule of lecture of book signings and events that were scheduled out to correlate with that and they were all canceled i had an exhibit at scheduled at the with the city of austin mexican american cultural center and it had to go virtual mm-hmm. um and in response to everything, I, the, the, the book has, the book in itself and, and, and the, uh, the exhibit as a whole really speaks to the, um, the socio-political, environmental, cultural, oh, sorry about that, um, cultural, um, experience here of the borderland and in rereading the the text it's so appropriate to the changing times as well Mm -hmm. so 
it um, it just you know readjusted the schedule, and then I went to work you know for delivery on this different platform of the virtual experience. And and when we were there for the um, for the event in Austin, um, that exhibit was shown through the Smithsonian Learning Lab website and the the Mac website. So. The beauty of it is, you know, we're not limited by the wall space because it's all virtual. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a wider um, uh, real estate, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But then our our events, uh, we, I, I organized events for the Juntos artists that are um, featured in the book, and they were also, um, you know, brought online through the you know, to, to have the conversations on online. Can you tell us more about like what Juntos is and what they do? So the Juntos Art Association actually began in the late 1980s and it was uh, motivated by the artist of the border who we're not finding um, receptive uh, welcome in museums and galleries uh, mm -hmm. for the, the Chicano and, and Chicana Mestiza experience at that time mm -hmm. so in, in El Paso, Texas and the region. Uh, so in response to that, they, they started their organization as a collective to, to, um, to change that, that uh, well, to, to, to change the situation. Yeah, to and, like make their own experience and step up and say, if you don't want us, all right, <laughs> we want us and we'll do it on our own, right? Well, you know, it is still about breaking down those barriers and, and knocking on those doors, but at that time, it, it's, it has the power of a collective force. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel that that is still true today in, in many respects, because there is a certain, um, there is still a marginalization to uh, people of color as represented in institutions. There, there's still a, um, I wish it were not so, but there's still a, um, uh, a long way to go in respect to, you know, even women of color, you know, men are shown more, um, but the, the, uh, there, there's still, um, if you, if you look at the, uh, you know, measure it by, you know, the, the actual number of shows and representations and, and, uh, say women of color in, in art museum collections, um, across the country, but also within this region, then there is still a, a great discrepancy. So there for sure is, yeah, representation is important. And I think that people are becoming more aware of it. Like as a film student, I've noticed that movies, TV are being, have become more aware of representation and giving platforms and voices to underrepresented groups. But it's still, it's still an uphill climb. Still an uphill battle for sure, and especially Hispanic women, Black women, all these like under like underrepresented marginalized groups, 
are still fighting for that kind of representation in media and in art. And I think it's more important than a lot of people realize, but it's really good to see that the people who do fight for it are succeeding in getting that kind of representation. Well, we, we've really, we're pleased by the response in, in Texas that uh, the, the museums that we showed at, you know, were, they showed for six months at, in Austin and San Antonio. Mm -hmm. In Austin, it was actually extended because of the oh, wow. demand. Yeah. So huh. it was, you know, they were nice long runs. And the uh, then Brownsville Museum of Art, it was um, a four month show, I believe, three or four months, Amarillo, three months. And so there's there's a different audience at each location, but it, it's just um, been such a positive response that we've had. And, you know, again, now going to the Carlsbad Museum and Art Center, uh, they are responding to, to um, shows that reflect the wide range of their population, you know, the mm -hmm. diversity. Mm -hmm. And um, we're so glad to be a part of that. And, and it's, uh, you know, it's, a, it's quality work. I mean, I, I select the pieces uh, because they, they're just, you know, really strong artists, really beautiful, amazing work that, that I believe it, it, uh, it really does reflect the, the experience of our New Mexico community. Uh, and through the symbols, there's just, uh, a way that, that, uh, so many people can relate and have their own personal experience tied oh, to the sure. art represented uh -huh. and of course each piece is is its own personal story by the artist and that's what's really beautiful that it's a personal personal uh personally motivated depiction mm -hmm. but it's relatable as as you see the work mm -hmm. like they can understand they can feel what they're seeing Yes. Mm -hmm. yes, for sure. Uh, so in terms of like telling your own, like telling your story through your work and telling, conveying your experiences and like the way you create, what kind of things do you think people will be creating out of this past year? You know, like for you personally, how has your personal life changed in any way that you're going to create like how will that reflect in your artwork does that make sense like how has your personal life changed and how will you how will you how are you going to reflect that or how do you think artists oh, my, will reflect it, that? it really impacted my travel schedule so while i was on on the road a lot with um with with lecture uh lecture presentations etc and and audience engagement um, again, it, it, like I said earlier, it went virtual, but it also gave me time to seriously reflect on what is the most meaningful to me. Mm -hmm. And by being here on the, the land that I inhabit, um, and live in nature, um, you know, on a, on an isolated, uh, desert mesa. And I have reflected more of, of my responsibility as a steward of this place, a steward of the, the natural landscape. And I have an increased motivation to, um, 
to impact it in, in a way that is significant and meaningful to the plants and, and wildlife and to, to further develop the possibility for others to engage here in this place. Mm -hmm. uh, and and uh, I'm now motivated to, um, we've, we've started the Crossroads Art and Ecology Lab. So we can combine the arts and science in this, um, in, in a constructive approach to environmental engagement and, and learning about our Chihuahua desert experience and the plants. So that has, you know, just being at home more has further motivated my desire to connect with my home more. Oh, <laughs> so. for sure. Yeah. It's very much a time for like just self-reflection and connecting in different ways. And so there's, um, you know, a lot of vegetation, you know, that, that is um, just within the, the, the trees and the plants that, 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 that uh, you know, provide a home for the, um, I have owls and roadrunners, quail, mm -hmm. uh, cardinals, you know, just, just uh, fox and of course coyotes. Um, but it is, um, it's dedicated to finding, you know, our effort dedicated to finding, um, developing methods to harvest water in order to provide water in, in times of drought for the animals that, mm -hmm. that come to this space and find the creative manner to do it. My, my very own residence is, um, passive solar design with adobe mm -hmm. and i have implemented implemented some water harvesting um um how shall i say you know just the the with gutters and and so on to to take those limited resources and, and channel them to the plants and trees <laughs> but we are also uh refurbishing uh a 1958 airstream and uh, want to uh, take that on the road here on this cultural corridor of the Highway 28 at some point in order to build a, a type of hybrid engagement, you know, mm -hmm. as, as things open up that we can do uh, as, as, a, as a collective experience, you know, uh, outdoor, outdoor uh, events on a small scale. Mm -hmm. So refurbishing, you know, all tied with with the repurpose, recycle, reuse, and actually a lot of my work, I work in in collage uh, that uses discarded wrappers and um, beer bottle beer bottle um, labels, and I make tapas. I make you know tapestries out of them. So it's just this this. Uh, infusion of my environmental concerns and messaging mm -hmm. that I feel more more determined to um, to dedicate myself to and and bring others into the into the mix into the preservation of the environment and just helping the world around them exactly you mm -hmm. know just that greater awareness and sometimes people in the cities just 
are so embedded in the city life, especially now when, when people are not leaving their homes as much, man, I feel that this is a time to, to gain greater awareness of that connection with nature and how we are interdependent in, in, uh, in, in that life force of sustainability with, with our waterways, the rivers, the plant life. Mm -hmm. You know what I find super interesting about that is, do you remember like at the beginning of quarantine, like a, like a year ago, early April, when everybody stopped going places, everybody was at home and people were like kind of were taking it way more seriously than they are today. But you saw these pictures of like cities that were once completely enveloped in smog. And now that nobody was going anywhere, anywhere, it was clear. Like you could see the sky in these cities now because people stopped going places. People stopped driving, you know, like, it's possible, absolutely possible to take those steps to just save your space, like to really help to let nature heal. And oftentimes we just don't. And the only reason why nature was healing in the way that it was a year ago was because we had to, we had to let it because we had to stay home. And I think it's interesting that there are ways that we can stop it. And oftentimes we don't, but well, exactly. I mean, it, it was just uh, the the animals were the birds and the animals were were uh, coming back to a space that had been, uh, you know, that 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 was inhospitable, mm -hmm. and um, it, it was a wake up call of sorts. Uh, you know, the question is how how will that truly impact humanity going forward mm -hmm. with that wake-up call, you know, and bringing about the changes that, that we need to with the, the, uh, the footprint that we're leaving. And, um, you know, we are on a, on a, on a, you know, we'll never be the same. The earth is forever altered. Yeah. By humanity. It is. And, you know, through this, these COVID times and this COVID experience, how, how much will it penetrate our, our, our actions, motivations, collective, the collective force to, to change our ways and find the solutions and, uh, and adjust to it. I was very pleased to to know that we are back in the in the Paris cl climate. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, and that's interesting too. And like, I don't know, it always blew my mind that we were ever not in it, and being able to hear that we're back in it, and it's just, it it gives me a little bit of hope. I think that as I think as politics move forward, I think now there's a lot of things on the world stage that are being talked about that weren't being talked about even like ten years ago. I'm only twenty two, but so I don't, I wasn't super into politics, of course, 10 years ago, I was 12, but even from the 2016 election, which is when I got interested in politics until now, I think so much has changed and so much has been pushed forward. Even if it's just getting talked about, I think it's interesting. Like I, I, I can say in 2016, the term 
climate justice or Green New Deal were just kind of seen as like radical ideas like, oh, what's that? Green New Deal, climate justice, that's some hippie stuff, you know, that's socialism. But today that's being talked about. That's something that people demand more and more. And that gives me hope for the future. You know, like as a young person, I still got a long time ahead of me and my generation recognizes that that we really need to be pushing for these things more than ever now, now that things are like damaged or changed forever, we really need to start working on fixing it instead of letting it happen on its own. Well, it's raising the, the consciousness, but it, it is the, uh, the young people that, that are coming into it full force and making mm-hmm. their voice heard because it, it's, you know, you are the ones who will be greatly impacted by it. You know, we're all being impacted by it now, mm-hmm. but it is you and, and your, your, your future. And, um, you know, with, with good reason, uh, young people should be concerned and, oh, and, advocating sure. and, and, you know, changing the ways that, that have, uh, been so motivated by that look at, at the, you know the economic and economic returns without with no regard to the uh the bigger picture and when you really consider it there's a way to go forward with building an infrastructure and taking those steps that are also good for the economy that make mm-hmm. a lot of sense for the economy and these mm-hmm. alternative energy um you know implementing alternative energies um but also how we consume, you know, just taking a greater, greater look at, at everything we purchase and how it is produced and what impact those products have. And, sure. and also the simplification, you know, you, you ask like, how did COVID affect you? Well, for one, I realized I do not need this full closet of shoes and clothes and <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like uh, just more of a motivation to simplify and, and, uh, you know, cut, cut down the, the consumption as well. For sure. And yeah, I think that's really important. I think a lot of people came to that, came to a similar conclusion. I actually, on the last episode of the podcast, uh, I interviewed one of my old professors, his name is Ruben. And he talked about the same thing. Like we, I think that's something a lot of people came to the idea of like, came to the conclusion that I don't need this. We live in such a material world that I think once people realize that they can't go out every weekend and show off what they have, they stop caring. They're like, oh, who cares, right? Like, who cares about this fancy thing or that fancy thing? Like, it doesn't matter. And I, I think that really helped out a lot in terms of consumerism and overconsumption. Yes, yes, exactly. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you start looking at the space you inhabit and, the items that you're just not using and, and you know, you want to, you want to make your, your space more, more, um, I don't know, relevant to, to the, the changed lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And you just reevaluate the importance of things. For sure. And, um, and, and also with, you know, with the food insecurity and, and as people were fighting for, 
when the shelves of grocery stores were completely empty. Yeah. Um, I started buying my eggs from the farmer down the road. And then I started, you know, just thinking more about the garden and grew more, grew more of my food. Mm -hmm. So I think that, that that's another, I don't know. I, I, I believe that we need to picture our garden, you know, picture, picture how we can use the space we have to, to feed ourselves as well, to have that, those uh, options of garden greens that you can just walk out the door and then eat healthier and mm-hmm. have less, less uh, toxic chemicals and, you know, also less shipping. That, that's also oh, yeah. environmental. Mm -hmm. um uh, bombardment you know just what it takes to get food to our places so so that very idea of buying local as much as possible for sure whether you grow it in Mm -hmm. your own home or not and also not even in terms in addition to buying your food at home also just supporting local businesses during covid there was this huge surge in like supporting your local restaurants and supporting your local grocery stores and everything like that you know like because they were hit hardest you know like your neighbors were hit harder than walmart was or mcdonald's wasn't hit as hard as the little mexican place that sells burritos you know like instead of buying a mcmuffin go buy a burrito from the little mexican place up the street you know what i mean that was such a huge thing so not even in terms of like like groceries or not not just in terms of groceries but just in terms of just supporting your local economy in general because that definitely helped people stay afloat more than anything and i oh. think that's really important it's like it, it reminds me of, of oscar's uh fruit stand that that we saw the other day the painting yes yes it's like so for, for reference, for anybody who's listening, uh, we talked to an, an artist with Juntos whose name is Oscar Moya, and he painted, we looked at one of his artworks um, and talked about it. It's a painting of a fruit stand. And his idea was that he wanted to just represent the way oftentimes you'll see immigrants just kind of, especially South, South Central American migrants selling their own fruit on the side of the road. Just, you know, you see them and you buy some cantaloupes or some watermelons or whatever off of them. Buying things from those people, from these people, is so much more important than buying a watermelon at Walmart. You know, you want to support these people because they need it way more and they worked harder for it. And it's more sustainable than it is buying it from some huge grocery store. Well, it's that that pickup truck, uh, stand economy that that offers yeah. an alternative to those, you know, borderland chain supermarkets. So yeah, for if, sure. Uh, you know, they're out there in the scorching sun or whatever it may be, and and it's it's a more personal experience. You know, mm-hmm. you can. I, I love that image that you're referring to. I do, too. So- I think out of all the ones that I saw, that one just spoke to me because it's just so personal. And so everybody knows that, you know, everybody knows exactly the little fruit stand that I'm talking about right now. Like if they're listening to this, they can picture exactly that guy sitting underneath the tree in the back of his pickup truck, you know, 
with watermelons, five dollars. Like right. Helping right. those people, helping these people is so important. And I think that also COVID really made that more apparent. Just to support your local people more than anything. And Oscar's artwork really conveyed that well. I don't know, was it I, was it creative out of COVID? I don't think it was. That was just created out of his own experiences, wasn't it? Yes, that was created. Uh, that that piece was actually created in in two thousand and six. Oh yeah, um, okay. I wanted to buy it myself. <laughs> it it had already been uh, given to his partner and artist Lydia Macias. Oh so, wow! You know that was <laughs> out of the yeah. running possibility. So are there but any prints? Like, I know exactly where that fruit stand is with the mouse and so. And that said. Um, you know, we're trying to sell the book uh, directly through our Juntos Art website to support our art organization. Mm -hmm. um, there, there's the, the shop so you can order through there. Um, it is also available at the big chain stores like Barnes and Noble and uh, other Oh, is books. it really? Yes. I did yes. not know that. That's interesting. I mean, hopefully... Uh, they still have it, but last I checked locally, the Barnes and Noble in Las Cruces had it, the, and in El Paso, hmm. and you know across the country. Good to know. But we are trying to to sell directly so that it it helps sustain our our Your um, local art local art organization. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's important too. You know, and it comes full circle back to how can you support local artists, local people. You know, I think that's just more like really important. And I really think that the last year has shown people that. Another big thing too, speaking of, is the way people have been supporting like black owned businesses and black artists in the wake of like Black Lives Matter and in the wake of this movement. I've seen a lot of awareness around supporting black businesses. And I think that's something really important too that has been, that has come up in recent years. Not that it was not important before, but just, that that awareness is there now and that people are doing right, that because... more awareness more you know really trying to to uh balance that that inequity mm -hmm. of you know and and opportunity mm -hmm. so, and so that that's where i i would say in borderland business too <laughs> you know yeah in, in all its glory so but there there is i i lived in um Holland for nine years and Spain one year. And the the economies there really do um, they're they're very open to those markets and and so much of my shopping was direct to the market, mm -hmm. you know, the personal experience of buying, you know, local. Well, of course, in Amsterdam, the markets were amazing. I've never seen markets like that but that um that, that the personal relationships from knowing who you're getting your your product from you know is mm -hmm. is um you know really does impact that that community experience and and engagement and and um well that 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 interconnection of of, of your of, peers of your people Right. Yeah, it was beautiful to to go to the local bakery and the, you know the, the local fish fish vendor and 
and have your your favorite places for for um, getting the in Holland. I had my favorite place for the stroke waffles, which was a great great mm -hmm. delicacy. So and and you know that's the thing here in in COVID times as as it opens up. Um, I've continued to go to places that in in here in New Mexico that have. Um, you know, offered the the outdoor alternatives and, you know, whether it's to eat there or food to go. And, uh, and that's another, you know, after being home so much, you, you get a little uh, bored with, you know, we get a little bored with our own cooking after oh, a while. Oh, for sure. Need that variety. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and then ways to, to connect with others by, you know, eating outdoors and, you know, even in out here in my own space, where I'd have, um, you know, lunch gatherings and we just sit, sit apart from each other like a picnic. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause we're, I'm still of the, uh, not in the age range for the, the, the priority vaccine. So gotta, gotta do what we can. Gotta adapt. Yes. Uh -huh. Speaking of like, local markets and stuff the mask that i was wearing the other day the set up a mask yeah uh, yes. that was made by a local artist that's i loved so, it that's so interesting to me that like I, I i've never bought a mask from like walmart or target or anything like all the masks that i've gotten have been from artists like local people because i think that's so i just think it's so cool like that's so specific you know like the mask that i have will never be made by like no one else has it no one else will ever make that mask and nobody else will ever own it. But the artist who created it and myself, like, I think that's so cool. So for the record, I have a mask. It's made out of an, like an actual sarape and it's really hot, but it looks really cool and it's really unique and it's really special. And I really like, you know, it's art. That mask is art in and of itself. And exactly. very have, striking, very colorful. Yeah. And every sarape is art, you know, like every, every person who makes a sarape creates art and, so this artist that made me this mask is turkey taking one piece of art and turning it into another. And I think that's so cool. That would have never happened without COVID. That's so interesting to me, the way people adapted to create things out of COVID. You know, like, I think that's so cool. And then I have another, like, I have other masks from like local businesses or local artists, but that one's my favorite. That one's just so weird and quirky and just, I don't know. I feel like it represents me. You know what I mean? Well, it's functional art and it's, yeah. it's your unique, uh, unique presentation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I do hope that we do not need to continue wearing those masks, but you know, it will remain as a relic to these times. For sure. I've always thought about how like years from now, you'll see pictures of gatherings or whatever, like out in public or videos and people are going to be wearing masks and you're going, oh, okay. I know, when exactly, I know exactly when that happened. I know exactly when that picture was taken. That's so weird to me. And I think it's just really cool. <laughs> well, it does, it does put a stamp on this, uh, this mm -hmm. era that we're going through mm -hmm. and, and hopefully that we are, that we pass it within, you know, as soon as possible. For sure. I mean, it's unimaginable when they were asking us to, to isolate and people were saying, well, it's just going to be a few weeks and, oh my gosh, okay, I know. <laughs> and you know, it, it's just that, um, 
yeah unbelievable experience i i remember the first time uh the the book was being published in in it was being printed in china so the first i heard about it was the delay in the printing of the book itself because mm -hmm. it was supposed to be printed by march but all the factories had shut down in china so i was hearing about it in january where they saying oh the pu the publishing date has moved out mm -hmm. you know and, and that's where that was a direct tie. i remember having a dream that I got the books and I got my own copy, my first copy and I'm sharing it, but then it became a super spreader. So it was like very hesitant for people yeah. to touch without gloves. Uh -huh. And so it just comes out in our subconscious, you know, in, in that, you know, those, those, I don't know. Concerns, thoughts. Yeah, know, for sure. And, and this was the early days too, and people didn't really get it. You know, it's like, yeah, those were weird days. I remember like I was terrified. I mean, I still can't, I mean, I'm still taking it seriously, but like those days I was like everybody else, you know, like I remember I went to uh I went to the grocery store the day that lockdown was announced or no the day that they said that schools were going to be shut down in new mexico the day the governor said that i don't think like the statewide lockdown had been in effect yet but i just genuinely needed groceries and stuff like i just went and everybody was just panicking and just going crazy and i was like it's not going to be that bad guys it's not gonna and then i was like and then the but the it's so weird the more time i spent around everybody else panicking the more i panicked and it was just so it was just, yeah that was a weird time and like that was whenever i was like okay maybe i should be panicking and then i did oops but you know here we are a year later and it's kind of okay now there's a light at the end of the tunnel it was supposed well, to last two weeks and now it's light, been... but there's still a lot of danger and and you know there's still a lot to overcome and and i just think you know the measures that you've taken and i i really feel for for all, all of you, you know, for, for folks like you that are missing out on the university experience. I know. That, I know. Not to be painful. I love college. Like, I love learning and I love going to class and I love school. So it's just been, I don't like taking online classes, but I'm glad that I still have the opportunity to, to take classes at all. Yeah. I mean, even during this time, I've come up with, I've, I've worked on things that I probably never would have without lockdown, without COVID. You know, it made me adapt. It made me adapt as an artist. And I can't really complain about that, at least because it made me, you know, I've had to overcome obstacles. Like this past weekend, I worked on the 48 hour film festival and we couldn't shoot with other people. We couldn't shoot with in, in person with other people. We had to do everything online. We had to include uh a scene over zoom or facetime or something and my group got western how do you shoot a western with this that where you have to have a scene over zoom that makes no sense but we did it you know like we had to take these really interesting creative strides and like leaps that we would have never been able to do without like these restrictions so you know we all grew as artists over this weekend and we came up with new ways, new ways to solve problems, creative problems. So it hasn't been a total loss, I guess. Well, there's some, 
there's a phrase that, that I, I repeat often, and especially when I'm feeling the struggle, and it is, on the debris of our despair, we build our character. Yeah. And it is just, and, and I'll tell you, I collaborated with Angel Cabrales, another Juntos artist this last year, and we created a piece called On the Wings of Despair. And it's a, a type of, it's, it's an, uh, in memory of those that we lost, Mm -hmm. but it is also um, a piece that represents how we go forward. And, and it's made of old piano keys that were discarded. And, and I actually, you know, packed them up, loaded them. This is all pre-COVID, but um, a friend of mine was throwing away old piano keys of a broken piano and they just attracted me. I couldn't let them go. So I, I loaded them up on my, on my, uh, in the back of my pickup truck mm -hmm. and, um, you know, they sat around here in my, in my, um, uh, garage. And, and then I actually, at one point drove them to the dump and thought, you know, I don't know if I'm ever going to do anything, but there I was about to, to take them and, and leave them at the dump. And I still couldn't let go of them. So finally I collaborated with Angel Cabrales and just made this beautiful installation piece that I'm, I'm so pleased with, you know, in that collaboration that it's, 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 they became wings. They became like angel wings, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, you can step right into them and, and fit into the wings. Mm -hmm. So piece that we're, we're going to show at the exhibit in Carlsbad. Okay, cool. And, um, you know, so it's, it's, how do we, through our creative process, you know, create these, these symbolism, the symbols of renewal, regeneration, mm -hmm. you know, and, and come out stronger by what we've gone through and, and, you know, take, you know, we, we, we personally speaking, you know, I just treasure the, the friendships so much more that have been part of my life, the people that, that, are meaningful to me, but also have um, sparked, uh, I'm gonna say three new friendships through this process. And, you know, they might be through Zoom and telephone, but, you know, then when, when we've met in person, you know, have been just a great new treasure that has developed from, from this experience. Mm -hmm this chico that goes in and out <laughs> so. okay um so in talking about despair and just being able to adapt these days what advice would you give to people who are artists or creators entertainers what advice would you give them for moving forward as of today, you know, like if somebody was listening to this today, they didn't know what they were going to do, how they're going to do it. What would you tell them? Well, I can say that, you know, it's, it's, it, we've had more time to create. So to infuse every day with that, that process that, 
that feeds you personally as an artist mm -hmm. is important because we gain strength from that creative expression. And then it is about finding and exploring new ways to share that work that is created, you know, innovative ways. And, you know, it, it is about, it, it is more challenging. It certainly is. I mean, it, it has been, um, you know, when you're speaking to a, to a Zoom camera and instead of speaking live and sharing your work in person, mm -hmm. um, it, it's so different, but it is um, just finding those, those ways to build those threads of connectivity and, um, and the most important is, is finding the positive every day, which, which is, you know, I, I, it, it's, it's a struggle sometimes, but it's just, you know, continuing to say, okay, what, what are we going to, you know, what is the main things to accomplish today and, and checking things off the list and moving it forward a bit at a time. And, sure. and again, going out and enjoying the, enjoying nature, getting the vitamin D, you know, having more movement connecting um, to the world right yes yes you know not just as, as humans but the the world and mm -hmm. the natural world and and you know we are not confined to our space you know there can be new inspirations to our art and and creative process by connecting to that that natural world and you know breathing new air so to speak mm -hmm. you know, bringing new new a new breath of fresh air to to be experience of being an artist and, and also the reflection of the role we pay, play as artists to be a part of that healing process, be a part of the, um, the solution. Uh, right, be a part of that dialogue for the solutions, mm -hmm. you know, to inspire that dialogue to, to, to generate the new conversations to, um, to what is meaningful and what is going to move us forward as, as humanity. I feel that artists uh, so often, um, well, that, that, that the arts are not as important. Well, I wholeheartedly disagree because I do feel that, that as artists, we are essential workers. You know, oh, for sure. Very important, you know, what you're doing and, and uh, you know, filmmakers and, and um all creative artists it, it is part of that processing part of that uh human experience that that we portray and 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 that um that nurtures that that well coping mechanisms but inspiration and just that um processing of, of everything that that we uh are going through mm -hmm. So maybe that was a long answer to you. No, you'd be surprised. Um, we've had answers go on for an hour and some answers have gone on for 10 minutes. You know, whatever works. I mean, advice is advice. I think it's really important to for people to hear it. And especially if it's well articulated, you know, I think yours was. I think that people can definitely hear that and find inspiration in that. And actually to add on to what you said earlier about just checking off one thing at a time, you know, like just do something um, takes me to another point that I've heard um, 
something that I live by, which is just to have a non-zero day. And that just means do something once a day. It doesn't matter how big or how small. Read one chapter out of the book that you're doing or fold one pair of pants or do one homework assignment out of your five. You know, as long as you're not zero, you did something and you accomplished something. Because I remember like during, for me, during like height quarantine, I didn't, I lived alone at the time. I, it was just me and my dog and I didn't see anybody for two months. Like I didn't mm. have any roommates. I didn't hang out with anybody. I just, it was just me alone for two months. So during that time, it was really hard for me. Like I love being around people and I love just doing things. I love, but I couldn't, you know, like there's not often a place to go. There's nobody to see, but something that just kind of helped me in that was just not having a zero day you know do one thing at least and you did something and that's always important that always is a way to let you, to remind yourself that you can do something you can change something and no matter how big or how small well i wholeheartedly agree and and you know, we, we all, if we, if we give it the best we can under the circumstances that we find ourselves and conditions, um, then that's moving it forward mm -hmm. because, you know, whatever, whether we have lack of sleep or we're, you know, not feeling well in a particular day still, if we, if we do something, you know, if we, we move it along and make progress in some way. I remember when I had a, I had a, a rare, was, rear end collision and um i couldn't carry my camera equipment anymore and and it was even hard to to sit up mm -hmm. and that's actually when you know i i remember saying okay if you can just accomplish three things on the list every day you know three things and then i also started working on on my collages at that time because it was therapeutic and I didn't have to carry anything and it would get my mind off my, you know, off my struggle. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, you know, that's creative you adapted, process. right? You adapted your creative process and you adapted yourself as an artist and you came out better because of it. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think I would have gotten into collage making if that hadn't happened. So mm -hmm. it's like, that, you know, you just take the circumstances you're in and, and try to try to work with that yeah for sure okay so last question what's popping and that's just a question which is what's something good what's something what's what's a good story a good piece of news um you know something nice that you can tell people you know out of everything going on today What's something nice that you can say? It doesn't have to be directed at anybody. It can just be something nice that you heard on the news or a cool show you watched recently or really anything. Well, I think we have to hold on to our dreams. We have to hold on to our aspirations in these times. And, and it's just, you know, hold fast to dreams for if dreams die, life is a broken winged bird that cannot fly. And it's that inspiration I take from seeing the, the birds around me and the, the, you know, the wildlife. I had a beautiful experience with this white, uh, uh, it was a, 
white crested dove that came into my space. And I don't know where she came from suddenly, but we bonded and I was actually feeding her from my hand. Man, every morning she'd come out at about, you know, eight, nine, and, and she'd just wait for me and we'd literally be sitting next to each other. Mm -hmm. And it was such a unique experience that I'd never had with a, with a bird before, you know? And so it's, it's, you know, it's about build the relationships that, that come your way. Yeah. And, you know, that was a treasure to me. And I, I, I don't know what happened to her after the first big storm, but I I'd like to think she flew South, you mm -hmm. know, and, uh, you know, I had the, the joy of, of that experience during that time. Mm -hmm. So that uh, just about taking wing about, you know, the beauty and, and, you know, spread, spread your wings in any way you can. For sure. And, and that's part of, uh, you know, this excitement that we're feeling um, as artists in, in the Juntos Art Association that that we will be in Carlsbad and have our exhibits scheduled and meet the public out in the park and receive, you know, receive them in the museum space. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it'll be limited entry, but, but we're, we're thrilled by that opportunity to, to engage again on a safe, limited basis. And yeah, in, in a new way. Yes. Engaging in a new way, I think that's going to be really interesting, and I'm excited to see how that turns out. And you know, I'm going to say, Dominique, you know, just uh, by part of this experience, you're you're also in a new a new uh, connection in my life that I'm very uh, grateful for. Thanks to Ilana Lapid for the introduction. Yes. And okay, well, thanks, Dominique. Have a great evening. Go stretch out. Go on a little I will. walk. Yes, I will. I am. <laughs> I need it. Break away from the computer. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well. Gracias. Bye. Thank you. Thanks again. Thank you.